Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week's guest is Tom Richard, CEO and co-founder of Unlimited Tech Solutions. And as his organization knocks on the door of becoming an elite tiered solutions partner, Tom shares the selling and servicing frameworks that have proven to be successful. We start with how he frames his organization in the ecosystem, and with a name like Unlimited Tech Solutions, uh, provides a really great hint as to how. And we talk about the win-win approach his team takes in selling, regardless of whether it's pitching net new services, reselling software, co-selling with HubSpot reps, or all of the above. He goes into detail as to how he prioritizes things like transparency and proper expectation setting. On the servicing side, he talks about his approach to scoping integrated tech stacks and complex configurations of HubSpot, something I know is top of mind for many. And although it can present a great revenue opportunity, we also discuss the occasional headache-inducing experience of being hired to rewire uh, or fix the work done by others in a customer's HubSpot portal. Are you looking to hear more from a team successfully scaling in the HubSpot ecosystem and the strategies that have yielded the greatest impact? Look no further than this week's episode of Agency Unfiltered. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Uh, how's the How's the summer going for you? For Unlimited <laughs> Tech Solutions, give me the lay of the land. Summer is good. Um, I'm based out in Florida, so it is super hot down here. Uh, <laughs> but all the tourists come down. But no, summer's good. Unlimited Tech Solutions. We are growing. Actually, just got uh, three new hires, which is a uh, which is exciting, but also a little scary, right? When you <laughs> when your headcount jumps jumps like yeah. that, but. Uh, but, but doing doing really well, having a good summer. That's great. What's the best month to come visit Florida? Not, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, best month, December, especially <laughs> if you can get stuff there, like when the kids are out of school from like halfway through December through the end of January, yeah. that that's the hack. That's, that's the time. Yep. yep. Um, but a lot of people know that though. So it gets a little bit busy, but that the weather is, is ideal. It's amazing. Don't come in the summer. Everybody comes in the summer. I don't know why people come yeah, in the summer. You'll melt. You know? well, no. And that pairs yeah. up well, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm Massachusetts based. December is also one of the worst months to be in Boston for, right? That's Weather-wise, right. so it checks out. That's right. Uh, congrats on the new hire, Tom. What, uh, what roles are they filling? What are they, uh, what are so they coming in to do? We just got a new uh, VP of Client Services, which is, you know, it's got to be the right person. So that's been kind of, uh, I've been on the lookout for, for three, four months there. So brought mm-hmm. in uh, VP Client Services, and we got another technical a specialist, so someone that gets into the more of the technical stuff, and then mm-hmm. we actually uh, we found a really good candidate and created a position that we're just calling HubSpot Implementer, which is kind of like a paralegal if we were in the law law business, <laughs> where you know not customer facing, you know helps kind of offload a lot of the repetitive stuff and really keeps our people who are really good at solving stuff solving yeah. things and not doing like you know repetitive stuff. So no, I love uh, that. Those, those yep, sounds like a major hole to fill. Uh, yeah. Congrats on the VP role too. Again, right? Has to be the right person. Uh, I can imagine the the hunt can be laborious. So congrats on finding the right person there. Tech specialist is interesting. 
oftentimes, you know, I'm, I, I like to use architect. I know folks use solutions engineering too. Is that what this role entails? Is that kind of your, your frame? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't have a PhD in what, what we, we call, call folks. Uh, so we just call, we have like a platform specialist, which is one that's just more of a generalist uh, in HubSpot. Yeah. We just call platform specialist. And then the ones that are getting more into like the API work, migration work, wild like customization we just call those yeah. our technical uh specialists just so we can yeah. differentiate the two no it checks out and yeah i think it's it's less about what name you want to use it's more about all right well what's their purview remit role responsibilities right yep. what do you need to do what does success look like that's right uh well Tom, actually this feels like a a pretty good segue uh to really sink into sink our teeth into what we want to talk about so it's based true. on some of the roles and the hires and and uh you know their remits let's start with Unlimited Tech Solutions as a solutions partner. How do you frame yourselves in the ecosystem? What type of work do you specialize in? Feels like an important baseline to set before we get into some of the other stuff. It is, and if you don't mind, I want to give you a little bit of the origin, just because it'll it'll help. Yeah. It'll help. It'll kind of help. So we never really like set out um, to like. It grew a lot faster than we anticipated. I guess um, <laughs> is the way I like to to say it. But I. I'd reached out to someone that I'd worked with at a previous role. My, my co-founder and CTO, his name is Corne Van Driel, um, you know, two and a half years ago or so and said, Hey, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of starting something. And he said, yes. And I said, I haven't told you what it is yet. He goes, you wouldn't have called me if it wasn't a good fit. So, so the answer is yes. And, and we talked through the details uh, after that. And he said, his ideal role was you go find people who have problems you bring me the problems. I will solve the problems. Just keep bringing me new problems, right? So, so I handle you know the business development side, the relationship building, the team building, and he does the the architecture and, and the solution design. And, and it was really the two of us that really started it. And so, um, it was just n- nothing clever or super creative. It's just like, hey, unlimited tech solutions. It's clear. It's concise. It, it explains what we do and. Uh, you know, jokingly, we say, hey, the, the world's got uh, unlimited problems. So how about we show up with some unlimited solutions? Because every problem yeah. has a solution. So that's kind of my way of, of explaining, like, where do we where do we fit in the ecosystem? We love the weird stuff, man. Hmm. We, we, we how, what do you the, qualify? What's weird? What's weird in the HubSpot with, ecosystem with, or like the platform, you know? Typically, not typically, because we do, we do a lot of bread and butter stuff, too. And, and sure. it pays the bills and it helps fund the, the payroll. So, so I don't want to shy away from that. But the stuff we really get excited about is when another partner or so has said it can't be done. Like, ah, no, that's, you know, I can't really do that. You know, that's, that's not really built for that. And so we, we've started to build, not started, I guess we, we've built a reputation uh, for those who've heard of us as like, like hold my beer. <laughs> let me call, let me call Tom and his team. And I'm not saying we solve everything, but we, we love being like, so you're a good right. person to bring in to try and solve if it can be solved. Yep. If there was a way, the way it would be, you know, this type of thing. And so um, HubSpot's R&D is amazing. So some of the things that, that immediately come to mind, like what we've solved, HubSpot's actually addressed and found some other ways, but you know, yeah. just things like uh, churn reports for SaaS, right. And, and finding a way to, take the deal and then create sub tickets for the months just so we have like reportable blocks. And then we can do all sorts of wild stuff, you know, with ops pro and, um, you know, really, um, I don't want to say complicated cause they're not complicated. They're simple, but 
we're expanding it beyond just like sales process or yeah, maybe like complex. I don't know. You know, complex. yeah, yeah, right, right. So, um, those are the kind of things that we get into. And then, you know, other things where, you know, I don't think, you know, there's no integration for that. We can't integrate for that. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Right. So those, those are the things that we, one of the things we love and we're really passionate about is when it's new every day. Like yeah. we get to wake up. Some people get anxiety over this. We get jazzed by it. We're, well, there's we comfort in rinse and repeat bread and butter to your point, right? There's comfort in that. I like right? the bread and butter. Don't get me wrong. Of course. Yeah. But what we really love is like, we wake up and we're like, we have no idea what, what we're going to find today. Like my favorite kind of phone calls when someone will call me like, all right, so this might sound, this might sound crazy, but is there a way, right? And then they'll, they'll follow with some kind of idea. So like, that's really where we've positioned ourselves. In so doing, man, we do a ton of integration work. We do a ton of migration work. Um, we do you know, onboardings. I didn't realize the way we did onboardings was unique until we started interviewing some folks um, uh, with that. But it's very, What's very, very hands-on. Yeah. <sighs> Again, it wasn't. I didn't think it was unique, but we really get in. Here's how, here's how I usually will explain it. Um, I've gone through HubSpot onboarding twice as a customer before, before I was a partner. It's lovely. It does a great job explaining the software, you know, setting your smart goals. It walks you, it's wonderful. Ours is a little different. I like to say, you know, HubSpot's onboarding is kind of like a personal trainer at the gym, helps explain the machines, the benefits of the exercises, make sure you're doing it safely. Ours is like six, six friends coming over and helping you move, right? You got to be involved because I don't know your house and I don't know your stuff, but I know moving and many hands make light work. So like we show up, our sleeves are rolled up. We're in there with you. We're building stuff collaboratively. Um, we're really, we're really, we're in it. Like we're on the front lines with you and explaining things, always multiple choice, never fill in the blank. We could do this pros mm-hmm. and cons, or we could do that. And then the customer we lead and then the customer becomes part of our team. And in so doing, they learn. And so by the time we're done, we're done. We don't need any yep, retainers. Yeah. We don't need, need is the operative word. We don't need a lot of that other stuff because they were part of it. They were part of it from day one. So yeah, they prep really, for really self-sufficiency, right? Once they've moved into the new home. Yeah. Yeah. And so not, that's not for everybody, but uh, we've, we've had a lot of luck with the people who, who like that. They find us. Uh, they, they really find us. That's great. Uh, so let me ask you this. Obviously, you're like, hey, we like to hang our hat and being the the partner that folks reach out to when others have said it can't be done. I can imagine, you know, uh, a great a great niche to carve out. On the other side of that, uh, when and how often do you come in where another partner maybe, hey, I think it can be done. They went in to try and do, but maybe, you know, it's it's uh, it's not up to snuff. And so, you know, I, I've heard from other partners, and so I'm interested to get your point of view on that, right? Like coming in and potentially fixing the work done by others. Good thing or bad thing for partners? Well, my accounting professor used to always say, well, it depends. So I'm going to say it depends <laughs> sure. and then, then I'll expand. Um, if the work has already been done, which is kind of how you framed it, that can be tricky. Um, because anytime you're doing work in HubSpot, whether it's onboarding, migration, integration, or anything, there's the actual answer. And there's what can you actually get implemented? What can you actually get done? There's a people component. There's internal politics at the, the client's company. There's budgets mm-hmm. to contend with. So, you know, just having the right answer is is one part. So when it comes to fixing it, sometimes you have to pick your battles. 
and sometimes you have to pick a battle to fix something. So I am of the belief, the ones that I encounter, let me say it that way. The ones that I encounter, a lot of times we do have to fix at least a, a portion of it, especially if it involves data or really the the structure of, of how the objects are related or how the work, because if you don't fix it, then the work isn't good, right? Like then the solution isn't good. And so our reputation is really driven by good work product, right? Which is really, yeah. but the minute I touch someone else's work, it becomes my work it's, yeah, it's, in, the, yeah. in, in the client's mind. And so, um, in a lot of times, this is, this is the tricky part. And a lot of times you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't know there's a problem until you're, you're driving down the road, so to speak. And then you're like, Whoa, what is this? What is happening here? So, um, we do like to fix the work if it's needed, if it's, if it's, if it's necessary. So typically what we'll do is we'll at least do Kind of like if you're renting an apartment, right? You do a walkthrough with the landlord. So we might go through and be like, all right, so there's a hole in the wall over here. Not important. We're going to hang a poster over it. Just know, I don't say this, but just know we didn't create the hole, yeah, <laughs> right? right? It, it right. was here when you moved it. Yep, yep. Right? So we Get do the a little pictures before you move in, before you sign, you know? Correct. Yep. So we do a little bit of that. And then we'll typically address like, hey, this just isn't working the way you're doing it. It's not a problem now, but it's going to be a problem in a year, right? You got 10 people in here now, you're going to have 100 in here in a year. It's going to break. Uh, you know, it's going to break if you keep doing it this way. Um, and so to, the short answer is a lot of times we do have to fix uh, something, whether it's from another partner or more Maybe a customer, time, you know, it's they usually, had it it's usually, the, house, it's usually yeah, the customer right, right. or or the famous, I don't know, this was three people ago. You know, there was a guy here five years right. ago and he left and then someone, and it just becomes like this amalgamation of badness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> trademark trademark yeah. if you have it you know that's right it's just well tom just what's ugly. uh what would you say when you come in and find things that you do have to fix like what are the most common uh uh missteps or holes in the wall that you do have to like patch and repair right obviously you mentioned like hey really comes down to the structure and the usage of data right that's probably the baseline for any good solution but like what are the most common things your team has to come in and fix i think the most common the most common thing that we would either have to refix or and I'm going to not even say fix, revisit with the client. Let me, let yeah, me rewire. Let me yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is almost always is, is when it's customer led badness is a ridiculous overuse of custom properties because they don't understand how objects that are related to other objects work and mm. why that's a benefit. So they just get like, they just create like, 75 different properties and you know they're properties that belong on the contact but they're on the deal or they're billing amounts on the company which should be on the deal and then you're just like wait 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 so how do you run this i'm not going to use any names but how do you run like who you should bill at the end of the month well it's real easy i export a, a file from the company objects and then i you know, do a V lookup in Excel after an exit. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Like, and they've just built the muscle memory. It's like, yeah, that's just normal. That's just, I know how to do that. That's the routine. And you're like, man, there's a better way to do it. You yes. Know? Yeah. And then it's like, Hey, if that person goes away, nobody like that's so, uh, it's so wild that like nobody else would ever know that. 
um, you know, so that that's usually the thing that we'll need to address. And then you gotta be like, Hey, you know, you know, is there some room to talk about like how this is being done? Cause sometimes the answer is no, there isn't right. Like that's true. Yeah. there's like, Nope, that's the way we do it. You know, the accountant does it that way. And the accountant says, don't touch my stuff. So, you know, it's off, 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 off the table. And, and again, that's kind of like that half people management and half the technology solution. And you gotta, yeah, yeah there's some can, nuance to it. It's an interpersonal layers to it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. So, but, but you can't, yeah. you can't ignore it. I guess you can't, you know, if something's not the way it needs to be, it's gotta be addressed one way or another. And we've passed on projects too, when there wasn't a willingness to, to do that, or when somebody really insisted on, um, you know, doing it in a particular way, it might just be like, I don't think we're going to be successful here. Uh, so we're going like, to, I can refer you out or. Yeah. That's actually a qualifier for partnership yeah, and their, their openness to reworking some of the, the legacy structuring and set up in their portal. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, so I'm going to pull out of actual, you know, implementation in the product. Obviously we know at, at the heart, right. The solutions partner program very much tied to a solutions partner's ability to sell. Right. And so uh, I can't imagine being known as the guys who can roll up their sleeves and do the weird stuff. There has to be some other element of sales strategy or methodology that you've put into place. Uh, obviously no too. Uh, you're knocking on the door of elite as well. And so something that you've implemented uh, has, you know, sh- had an impact and allowed you all to grow. So like, what does that look like for limited tech solutions? What recommendations do you have for others? So, so this is, this is an important topic really when it, when it comes to sales, you know, and I'm plugged in on, you know, some of the partner groups and I, I lurk, right. I, I get to read the conversations and honestly, some, same, same, some, yeah. some of those opinions and things. Um, do you need to be able to sell? Yes, but I like to kind of redefine. This isn't for everybody. Uh, what is selling, right? It's really, at least the way that we view it, it's really just helping find a win-win for all parties involved, mm-hmm. right? Like anyone that 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 comes to us or, or even to HubSpot, right? They've got some kind of pain, some kind of problem that, they, that, that they're looking for resolution on, period. And so it's really an element of service. Like, how can I relieve this pain? How can we, we solve, solve this problem? That solving of the problem and gaining agreement from all parties involved on the solution and what it would cost to put it into place. That is selling. Do you need to be able to do that to be a successful HubSpot partner for us, yes, hundred percent, yes. You have to be able to do that. I, I run into people who sometimes view, view selling as like a used car salesman. Oh, they're trying to sell me something that I don't want. I have a very strong opinion that that couldn't be furthest from the truth, right? I don't know anybody in particular other than just folks that I read in, in some of the the channels where they're like, um, oh you know, working with HubSpot, you know, oh, they were trying to sell more than they, they need. I have never encountered that. If you were to say like, hey, like what was our strategy? Our strategy, honestly, is just do good work. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like that, it's just do good work, <laughs> um, communicate, you know, be honest. But that's not just with the clients. It's also with HubSpot, right? So if, hmm. if, if we're working with a rep, you know, the rep is trying to make a living too, right? And a lot of times I'll find, speaking to just partners in general, 
um, I'll find like a partner believes that it's either the client or the HubSpot rep. It's both. So it, as, as a partner, I often find myself working to find resolution for both the HubSpot rep or reps and the client that were and us right because i don't want to take on something that's not going to be a successful or profitable sure. so yeah. it's really finding a a way to synthesize what does the host spot rep need and want what does this customer need and want and finding a win-win for everybody it is not either or nobody's out to get anybody but if you're able to broker that piece you're, the HubSpot rep is going to close more deals. The customers are going to be happier. The customers are going to have a good experience. And you know, if you want to grow in the HubSpot ecosystem, uh, delight the customers that you're working with that are on HubSpot, and they will sing your praises back to their rep. And that rep, when they have a choice in bringing somebody in, will bring in the people who are delighting their customers, mm -hmm. right? You want it, HubSpotters to be advocates and evangelists for the work you can deliver. Yeah? For the work that you can deliver, right? So I had a rep, and I won't name names. I had a rep who I work with a few folks on his team. He'd bring me something every now and then or bring me in. And he, he just explained to a customer the other way. He said, um, I used to do different, different things and not really work with us. And he goes, but a lot of times those customers wouldn't renew because the the solution wasn't deep enough the team wasn't deep enough in the product you know other things weren't deep enough and then some of his other colleagues on the team they were getting like, oh wow we didn't even know we were going to use asana we didn't even know we could just use the service pipeline and just run that very small process through the service pipeline and unlimited showed us that and oh we're so blown away give me service pro we weren't even looking at it but give us like that's and is that is that selling? It depends on your view of it. I mean, te sure. technically, but it's not like I'm um, uh, selling them a lemon car. We're we're really just solving problems at the end of the yep. day, right? It, yep. So very it's very not very even, not even solving problems like oh, what are you feeling most acutely? But to your point on retention, you're solving problems in a way that's long tailed, right? And and we'll 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 solve that problem over the long term, right? Uh, correct and, like, and, and again, once allow for a stickier solution yeah correct and then they get really really deep into hubspot which they love we obviously love too um and then and then hubspot loves and you know we've not ever 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 reached out to anyone at hubspot ever to like to to recommend us or do any of that um but you know our clients will refer business to us and then you know just again just kind of a, a, organically you know, one thing leads to another and, you know, we've had a, a pretty fast uh, trajectory, right? We, we've hit the total points for elite. We're just waiting on the managed, which we'll have here in the next two or three months. That's and uh, we've been in business for uh, two months next month, two, excuse me, two years next month. So so it'll be two years. So about two years. So it'll be, I don't know, about between two and two and a half years, <laughs> uh, um, to, to hit, hit, uh, elite. And that's with really no marketing, you know, uh, I'm guessing a lot of the folks, uh, depending on when they're, when they're listening or watching this podcast, probably haven't heard of us. Um, and that's, that's okay. We're not trying to, to, you know, to conquer anything. We just, honestly, when, when Cornet and I started the company, you know what our motto was, we were saying it tongue in cheek, but it just kind of became a thing. 
um, we'd both kind of come on out, uh, come out of just different corporate situations we didn't love. And when we mm-hmm. started this, we go, we just want to do good work with good people. That's it. Right. We yeah. want to live our lives outside of work. And we just want to, we just want to enjoy what we do. We just want to do good work with good people. And, um, that's it, man. That's, that's like, that's the, that's the secret sauce. Is, and even if it's, if it was said or, or, or created with like tongue in cheek to be able to boil down the ethos or like the driver of the the team in just such a succinct way, like there's a ton of value to that. Right? There's a ton of value in that. And then it shows up in the work. Like we love it. We don't do work. We don't love, we don't do traditional inbound marketing. You know, we don't do it. We don't, cause we don't love it. Can we do it like in a pinch if it's needed for like a larger solution? Sure. But like, there's there's a lot of partners out there that do amazing inbound work and and that's just not us. But we do love you know when you bring us you know some some wild and crazy kind of thing. Be like oh man and then because we love it it shows up in the work it shows up in the passion clients resonate with it etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And so uh, to your point it shows up the passion the interest in wanting to solve those types of solutions shows up in the work. To your point too uh, a big driver for you or your approach is like all right we're aware of the intended and ideal outcomes for ourselves, but also any HubSpot reps that are involved and the end customer. And if we can, you know, win, like win, 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 uh, you know, that, that yields, you know, a ton of benefits for all parties involved, other than just like carrying that mindset. Is there anything that you have to, to surface it like operationally? Like how does that manifest itself into like processes, uh, milestones or stages of your deals pipeline to which, you know what I mean? Like structurally process wise, how does that stuff come through? So this sometimes can get, can, can be kind of a controversial stance, at least in the partner ecosystem, but like how we structure it, how we do our process is really just simple. Um, this isn't entirely true, but we do a lot of just time and materials uh, work. We don't get into points. We don't get into all the value price. I get it, but I feel like it puts us on the opposite side of, of, of the client when we do that. So when it comes to process, it's, it's really just simple estimating. Can we estimate it? Can we define the scope? If not, you know, we might do a paid scoping and, you know, this is, this is uh, what we charge. This is how much it is. You know, we're on the higher end of the hourly rate. Um, but like I told a, a client earlier this morning, what my hour isn't the same as your hour, as far as what can be accomplished because we do this, you know, every day. So we really structure it simple, but like everything from our, our project management uh, and the way we run our projects is, um, over communicating, right? So just really being aware we do for, for our larger, for our larger, like enterprise level ones, we just little simple things like a weekly project management. Here's where we're running on budget. Here's where we're running on tasks. We're on track. We're off track. We're big believers in, in surfacing and sharing literally everything, every task, uh, every note. We do have an internal Slack channel so that we do, we do get to have some private conversations. Sure. Yeah, all, yeah. all the work product is, uh, you know, very transparent, very, very, very open. Um, you know, what are you doing? What's next? You know, where are we at? Are we on track? Are we off track? Both as a team uh, with the client, uh, we're open budget, right? Just the, the budget is what the budget is. Um, Cause I feel like that puts us on the same side as the client. And then I can be like, so what do you want to do? So here's a quick example. We had a, a client, we're working on a really big solution design um, and it involves the tax product uh, Avalara. And they have a premium product and they have a very, very discounted product. And the client said, hey, can you look at the discounted product? It would save it. And so we approached that and went through it. And we had to just come back to them and just say, 
no, <laughs> no is the short answer, right? And and look at so we evaluate it, but then ultimately we just have to be uh, communicative uh, with um, with everything, literally, literally with everything. Um, but again, with the client, but also if you're co-selling or 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 even with the even if it's a HubSpot rep that that ended up referring it, give them give him or her updates, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that they know where things are at, so that there there's really no surprises. Um, so it's the communication, but I think underneath that is really uh, relationships too, right? Just with with staff, and then uh, you know with with reps. So uh, process. I don't. I got, I, there's no no secret or anything other than you know just we use just standard kind of waterfall project planning uh, on, on on ClickUp. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is. But it sounds like even if it's like, hey, listen, it's nothing out of the ordinary. It does sound like there's a commitment here to like operating and working in public and being as transparent as possible, regardless of systems and process, being transparent, giving clients access to the information, progress requirements, et cetera. That seems to be the the extra layer. And and that is baked into the ethos. And that comes from some of the the experiences that both Cornet and I had in previous like corporate uh, type roles where, you know, I don't know my, I'm just speaking just for me as an individual, when I didn't have some of that transparency on the, when I was on the customer side, it, it, I don't know. There's always like a question mark around the trust. Whereas if something is going right or something's going wrong, just be like, Hey, Mr. Customer, bad news, right? Uh, This is the thing that happened. This is what we're going to do about it. This is how we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. Just like everything, just just tell on yourself yep. immediately. And, th- and then, you know, they'll understand and then make sure you follow up on. That. <laughs> right. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't let it come up again. Say, yeah. say what you're going to do and, and do what you yeah. say. And so no, I love that. Um, Tom, I want to go back a little bit to the solutions architecture design component, uh, you brought up something interesting. It's like, hey, listen, we come in, but there there is a point in which we actually need to move over to more of a paid scoping, right? So I can imagine for any pre-sales process, especially if it's like complex configuration work, like, yeah, you scope pre-sales and you give client access, but like what's the determining factor? When does the scale tip to the point where like, actually this has to be a paid service to kick it off? That That's a really good question. And it's been happening more and more, um, especially as we get into some of the larger some of the larger kind of solution designs. Um, some of it depends on the customer and their comfort with time and materials, right? So time and materials, we do it because um, it keeps us flexible, right? But there's some uncertainty there too, which, you know, some customers like like a flat rate, but flat rate you can really only do if you really, really, really know the scope. In the sales process, we will get into as much discovery as time allows because sometimes um, we get brought in really late or a customer will come to us because they were working with a different partner and they had a surprise at the end that they didn't appreciate. And they just did a good old fashioned Google search. Uh, and so they'll kind of come to us and they already have like a timeline baked in their mind. Uh, so sometimes we don't have time to really do a full discovery, nor do we have like the rapport to really do sure, a full right, discovery. Right. I mean, because right. to your point, the relationship element, right, is such a critical piece. If you haven't been able to establish it, sure, yeah. And so what usually will tip the scale is um, not to, not even just the quantity of variables, but the, I don't want to say risk, because risk is too strong, the implications of the, the stakes, <laughs> The stakes, yes, like, you know, yeah. hey, this could be A or B, 
And if it's A, it's a, a wildly different solution versus if it's B, right? And so, so some of those, if it's if it's a then it's not just like, oh, we're going to be off by a couple grand. No, we might have a wildly different solution design. Um, and so that's usually when I'll pivot and just say, okay, what I what we want to do, and here's usually the way I explain it, is let's say it's a fifty thousand dollar massive customization. I might say, hey, the first fifth of that. Even if you gave me all the money right now, said, Tom, let's go. I'm still taking the first 20% of this engagement and we're doing a full solution design. We're mapping it out. We're going to do a full, like, even if you gave me all the money right now, said, let's go. So what I'm proposing would be, let's chop it at the first 20%. That's all you're committing to now. We'll do the full discovery, the full solution design, and then I'll know exactly, is it another 40? Maybe it's only 30, maybe it's 60. Uh, I'll know to the penny because we did the full solution design with a buildable blueprint and you know the whole process diagram, everything. Um, and you're not losing anything on the timeline because I'm gonna do it anyway. The only difference is your level of commitment. You're only committing to 20% of it. And, and I tell people this and I mean it sincerely, you can walk it across the street too and hand it to somebody and have them build it because you're paying me for it, right? And you're paying me for it. I've never had that happen, but it is. There's it comfort is a in having that as an option if, you know, yeah, sure. Correct. Sure. So I'll, I'll do that. The one thing that does complicate sometimes is if I'm work if, if uh, HubSpot sourced it and brought it to me, uh, it, it doesn't help on the timeline, right? Like if there's some kind of special promotion going on or there's some time-based stuff, so, so that can be, that can be really a fine line. So the, the do you ever find the necessity for that approach, like breaking it up? We need it. You know, we need that, uh, the paid scoping engagement separate or like, that's what we recommend. Do you ever run into friction where like that comes up against maybe what a HubSpot rep involved in the deal is hoping for too, and, or the customer, like how, what's the, what's the call? Where do you err if a decision has to be made one way or the other? What I'll usually do is I usually end up calling the rep just calling them directly and just telling them what's going on, like what, what the situation is and saying, Hey, this is what I need to, I had this happen recently. I'm like, um, I don't want to say they were leaning on me. Let's just say I could tell in their eyes, they were hopeful. It was going to be a simple solution. And it wasn't there, there, there were some, there was some ugly stuff that we, we uncovered. And so we, yeah. we had a call. I said, this is I really want to be able to present this, that, or the other thing. Um, we ended up doing it, it ended up being exactly the right solution and it was exactly the right problem. Um, but I just had to have a conversation about the timeline, uh, and, and where we're at and then just, just working with them on, okay, is there value? Like, cause let's say a solution, let's say they're, they're hoping to get the deal in before the end of a quarter. Sure. Right. And the solutions I might take three or four weeks, which would be into the next quarter. Right. And so sometimes it, uh, we just have to, we just have to kind of game plan on, you know, is there value in getting some HubSpot now so that we can do that? Is there not? And sometimes there's not. Um, but I don't. Don't spring it on them without talking to them first. Right. It, yeah. It, and just be be yeah. straightforward, be direct and just enroll them in. Hey, short term pain. You know, maybe it pushes out timelines. And I know you probably have some quote, but like long-term gain here if we're going to scope this incorrectly. Right? And, and and that's usually where it goes too, right? So so a short, quick, quick win is usually a smaller purchase than if we do the full solution, like the one I was just mentioning where, you know, it was kind of a surprise, but it went from, I forget which two hubs, but two hubs to the full suite uh, with the solution design. And we ended up solving 
we ended up solving the real problem is the way I want to say it. Right. We were we were just talking about symptoms before. And when we got into is a custom uh, a custom program and some other, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's not the problem at all. It's actually this other thing. But if we did this, that or the other thing, when know. we talk about solutions that lead to retention, long term retention and stickiness, like that's what you're that that is what you're looking for here. Right. And that's what absolutely ended up for this customer. Yeah, absolutely. So but again, it just boils down to, you know, uh, putting all your cards on the table. Just, uh, or I like the phrase you used, operating in public, right? Yep. That's yep. it. It's just, it's just, it's just operating in public, and man, it's so much more comfortable, right? Because you don't need to. You just, it is what it is, you know. And and you communicate openly and clearly, and you're direct about it, and um, and then again, it really boils down to: is the work product good? Period. Now, Tom, as we push up on time, I want to try and squeeze in. I have a, I have one last question I'll get. I want to save time for, so we'll get there. But I want to try and squeeze in one one more here too. And so, as you alluded to, there's a number, there's a big ecosystem of partners around HubSpot. And to your point, there's a number of them that offer traditional inbound marketing services and engagements, et cetera. Now, uh, the types of services and the things we're talking about here, many, I'm, my read is that many want to start translating, move, hey, how do we go from marketing to ops? How do we go from inbound, you know, engagements to, you know, RevOps consultancy. How do we get into integrated platform, you know, configuration, architecture, all this stuff. People want to make this move. What's the number one consideration that they need to to have in mind, recommendation to find success here, uh, risks that they can mitigate, right? So what's your tip here for folks looking to make this transition uh, for their place in the ecosystem? Does that make sense? It does. And my advice is going to be Find something in in order. Find something within RevOps or, or just the operation side that you love, that you're going to be good at or great at, and then find a customer that's going to let you prove it, <laughs> so that you've got some stories to tell about stuff that you've done, and then then bring in your marketing and bring in your, your positioning. And, and I know all the marketers that are listening are going to be like, that is exactly wrong. Uh, my own marketing guy on our team, Kevin might even say, I'm telling you, if you do it the other way around, you're going to miss something or you're going to don't adjust your services to the position, adjust your position to what you're great at. Cause if you're not great at it or you're not passionate at it, it's when, when you're really great at something and you're passionate at it, that's when you're going to really, really, really be good at it. So just really evaluate like, okay, so what would fall under the RevOps banner? Okay. It'd be these, all right. Of those, what do I love? Where do I get joy? Where, where am I past? And what do I hate doing? Right. Like, sure. I hate the inbound stuff, like the blogs. The, I, I just don't, I don't get joy. I know. You know, this is a HubSpot podcast, man. You got to like that. How do you not like, how do you not like, <laughs> I, I like blogs? having it. I just personally, I need somebody who loves it on the team. Let me say it that sure, way. Sure, sure. <laughs> I just don't like it personally. I love you know the really the really tricky stuff. I like the the puzzles. Uh, so that's really where we positioned, and so that's why things clicked organically, right? That's why things clicked. So uh, that my advice, just kind of summarize, would be don't don't like look for the demand first and then adjust your because it's just, it's going to fall flat in my opinion. Yeah. But look you know, at there was a recent episode. Yeah, it's actually just talking to another partner like, hey, we're actually in the midst of this transition. And from like a servicing capability perspective, they were like, oh, we're like 85% of the way through the transition. Marketing, branding, positioning, go to market, we're like 40% of the way there. So it corroborates, I think, with right. your recommendation. Perfect. You know? 
Yeah, I, I love that. And 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 to those who who maybe even haven't considered it yet, I'll bet you you're more rev ops than you realize. If you mm-hmm. really look at at the stuff you're doing, uh, they're they're because you can't you can't not be <laughs> with, with where things are at today. So very true. Yeah, and like what customers are looking for, what their expectations are for their systems of record, etc. Too right. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, Tom. Final question. Uh, we wrap every episode with the same one. What's the strangest part of agency life? <laughs> oh, the strangest part of agency life, I would have to say, at least for me, I, I stopped saying I've seen it all. <laughs> so, so to me, to me, it's just like you got to be kidding me with this stuff. I've been doing this a long time, right? A long time. Not even just HubSpot, just, and, uh, man, I see some wild stuff. I got to tell you one quick example, just so people can get a laugh. And you can't say that and not give us an example of some so, of the wildest. Yeah. Um, I had a customer bring me, and I'm not making this up, a 7,000 page word document in alphabetical order with their customers and notes in absolutely no uniform way. That was their database, 7,000 pages, and they needed a migration option. And that's one where I'm like sitting there and I'm like, say that again. And then I'd have to like repeat it back to them because like I'm still in disbelief. And it's just like, it's also what I love about it too, but it's just like, you got to, it, it's just, it's just wild. Uh, some of the, some of the stuff that you see to me, like, that's, no, that's hilarious. Oh, but for real though, where's your database? Correct. No, that's Correct. not so funny, but like, where is it really though? Right. You know? like, yeah. all right. Let me repeat this back to you. So you're saying you, <laughs> so that, that, that's gotta be the, 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 just the strangest stuff. Um, How'd the migration go with that, by the way? It actually went well uh, because we went, we went old school and uh, we found some, some folks who can just, I mean, that, it's, uh, I heard once the, the analog to digital conversion tool is an intern is, is uh, something somebody told me once that was essentially we went that route and, you know, it was easy to understand if you're a human being, you know what? I should have looked at chat GPT. Well, it depends on how, how far, how, how long ago was that, that yeah, situation right. versus right. what was the emergence of generative AI to, yeah, but yep. maybe, right. Maybe at least get it in a template like a yeah. tabled view or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, that would be the strangest, the strangest part, just the, the things you see, the things you see yeah. along the way. Some rough and tumble uh, systems that people have put themselves in, you know, uh, <laughs> very innovative uh, ways of cobbling the strangest things together. Innovative is a really pragmatic way to, to label it. So that's, that's good. Uh, yes. Well, Tom, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap, uh, appreciate the insights, learning about, Unlimited Tech Solutions, obviously the type of work that you guys seek out and find energy in. Uh, it feels like there was a ton of actionable insights here too, as it relates to like methodologies, ethos, structures, processes, sales, uh, client engagements, working with HubSpot. So there's a ton here, man. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on the pod. It's been, it's been great. Thank you for having me, Kevin. For everyone that's tuned in today, uh, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.